There's a conspiracy afoot that's pulling the world into darkness. Information is the new battlefield. Propaganda, disinformation, and media manipulation dominate the minds of the public. Join us on the Dark to Light Show as we remove the head of the snake and expose media censorship, social and cultural engineering, and the unfolding global conspiracy of the New World Order. Welcome back to the Dark Delight Show. My name is Josh here with Jim Price. That's hope right. Is, hope everybody is doing well out there. Good morning. And Jim, yeah. Yeah. you know, there, there are some things going on in Ukraine. Hmm? So, Ukraine? I thought that was a peaceful place that uh, people raise crops and children. What are you talking about? No, it's the uh, 51st state of the United States. And, uh... Oh, that's <laughs> nice of us. We're, we're awesome like that. Well, apparently 18 to 35-year-old men are fleeing the country in troves, and uh, they're, they're all headed to Romania, and basically what it, it costs, about 5000 U.S. dollars for them to flee the country, because okay. they have to pay off the border guards, because they're not allowed to leave their own country, uh, well. because, yeah, oh yeah, because of the draft, um, uh-huh. but they're fleeing like in troves right now. At the same time that Russia's built over 220 miles of railroad into eastern Ukraine, and Putin has been very, very silent, and Russia has been building up troops in the eastern side of Ukraine and Crimea, which is given indication that Russia is about to make a major move. Now, we have winter coming in Ukraine, and uh, nobody obviously wants to fight in winter and I think what, what's going on here is Russia is going to make a move to uh, annihilate um, the various uh, forward placement stations for Ukraine. So in Western right. Ukraine, you have a lot of big military bases. Um, some of these were struck um, early on in the war by Russia, which right. Russia knows that they can hit them with, uh, uh, with missiles. So my thoughts are is that now Russia has encroached into eastern Ukraine to a large degree – uh, Russia is most likely going to target these facilities, which are bringing in NATO munitions. So ammunitions, tanks, missiles, the Taurus missiles they were just talking about. Um, I believe that Russia is going to most likely hit these targets over the next few days, basically annihilating any offensive and counter-defensive attack that Ukraine might be able to formulate. And since it's right before winter... Mm-hmm. Um, getting new supplies and stuff like that into Ukraine is going to be incredibly difficult, as well right. as it's just going to crash the morale, which basically is going to lead to um, – I, I think what we're going to honestly see in Ukraine, if you want my honest opinion, and I think that this okay. is why Russia's playing the long game, is this event's going to take place over probably the next few weeks, somewhere in the next few weeks, maybe even the next few days, where Russia's going to completely demoralize Ukraine by taking out – probably one of their largest military bases and all of the new equipment that they just got. Okay. Okay. What's going to happen after that is the people of Ukraine are going to start forming a counter revolution. I believe that there is going to be a Russian coup in Ukraine to overthrow Zelensky over the next six months and that Russia will ultimately be in charge of Ukraine. Oh yeah. I, this is all. This is all of. So, this is so. Guys, this is not a war. I mean, let, let me let me do something here. Let me see if you agree with this, Josh. This is not a war. This is just a pump and dump for America to get as much money laundered through there and clean up our mess before Russia goes in there. Isn't that what, what's really going on? This is really not a war. 
what Russia wanted this, it's gone in a second. I mean, are we, am, I, am I way off base on that? No, no, you're, you're spot on. If Russia wanted to win this tomorrow, um, Russia could easily strike Kiev, take right. out Zelensky and everybody inside Kiev, uh, all the right. military assets, and this would be over within an hour. Um, if Russia wanted to win this war, they could surgically strike and demolish Ukraine uh, within 24 hours. And the right. fact that they haven't in the last year and a half makes you wonder what's really going on here. Well, number one is that Russia has feared war with the West for a long time. NATO encroachment on Russia um, has came about since the late 1990s after Donald Trump uh, was uh, had the election stolen from him, Putin realized that most likely NATO and the deep state and cabal were going to come after him because he was one of the main superpowers holding up the transition into the new world order, the Western homogeny new world order. And so he had his opportunity, but he knew that if he was going to take this opportunity, he had to play weak when really strong. And that's right. a lot of what Russia has done. They had these these strategic surgical strikes with these supersonic missiles, and then mm-hmm. they just kind of sit back and wait a little while and let Ukraine rebuild back up, and then they do it again. Um, what Russia has learned, though, is number one, they've learned how um, basically Western fighting – is they've right. utilized this opportunity to learn the weaknesses of their enemy. Not only that, as they've weakened the enemy, uh, the European and the U.S. military. How did they do that? Well, the supply chain of weapons, missiles, tanks, planes, uh, munitions, and stuff like that to Ukraine has depleted the resources of the United States and of Europe. Now, why does that matter? You're like, well, we got we can print money like it's going out of style. So why does that really matter? Well, it matters because the Russia understands the supply chain and the amount of time it takes to make one missile and get that missile back into inventory for the West. Right. And so what they're doing is number one, causing the United States and the Western economies to spend into oblivion to defeat Russia through proxy while Russia is acting weak while really strong. Um, And number two, they're building up the BRICS nations at the same time with um, an ancillary supply chain. This is how they got around the sanctions. Number three is they are depleting uh, the, the U.S. and Western militaries of all of their resources uh, by prolonging this war. Because like I said, Russia could take them out in, within 24 hours. Um, so, But I think that this part is coming to an end because the damage has been done. Uh, a lot of the economic turmoil that we've seen over the last year and a half um, has come about. I mean, what, what are we up to? $100 billion, $200 billion to Ukraine? $200 billion. Yeah. yeah $200 well, that's billion what we've already... Over- yeah, we're going to be we're going to be we're over 200 million. I don't know where we're at. And this is the problem. That number is so jello like fluid that you really can't pay attention because we've assigned military assets there that they're quote unquote of devaluing or reevaluating. That was that whole debacle with the Pentagon saying, "Oops, we gave them too much." Remember that whole thing about 3 months ago? Mm-hmm. So this whole thing of how much we put in there is actually staggering, folks. It is it, we're yeah, anyway, go ahead. 
Sorry. Well, yeah, I mean, so when we start looking at it, uh, Putin just came out today and uh, said Thursday that Russia's mission was to create a new world and blame Western homogeny for Moscow's grinding offensive in Ukraine. Putin has mm-hmm. portrayed Russia's full-scale military intervention in Ukraine, launched in February 2022, as part of a long-standing confrontation with the West. We are tasked essentially at, with building a new world. And he said that the West was aiming for global homogeneity. The West always needs an enemy. Uh, Putin says the conflict in Ukraine was not territorial, uh, one, and that Moscow has no interest from the point of view of, of conquering some territories. Russia's army occupies large swaths of eastern Ukraine. Um, and Putin has consistently said that Ukrainians are brothers. And we also got to remember that the people in eastern Ukraine voted, voted. To leave Ukraine and join Russia. <laughs> I mean, and then they're like, well, they, they rigged the ballots. Oh, of course they yeah, rigged the they ballots. Didn't mean, uh-huh. They didn't mean it. But I think what we're going to see here is we're going to see um, Russia go in, probably take out some high-level military assets in Ukraine. Um, and that's going to end Ukrainians' campaign to where the people are going to probably rise up. Because it's getting to that point where they're, they're recruiting um, – disabled men and women to go fight like men with one leg and stuff this is pretty bad Uh, and we know western soldiers nato soldiers are on the ground um so this is my my thought and theory this is going to escalate into world war three uh kinetic world war three some type of standoff with russia the united states russia nato um to where there's engagement now if russia had to go into europe and fight a war Right. Um, Europe will be absolutely decimated. Right. It'll be just like what happened when Germany went through Europe. It, it they right. they will just absolutely annihilate them. Um, and the reason I say that is not because I dislike you know Britain or France or any of these countries, but it, it's just because Russia is much more massive. They have much more sophisticated weaponry and tactics. Mm-hmm. They know the terrain. Um, yeah. And they've been at war a lot, lot longer. And oh, yeah. so the U.S. would have to get involved in something like that, and we would see a massive war effort. And that's just not what we want to see here. Um, and, and this has to do with basically the shifting of world power. That's what we're mm-hmm. watching right now. We are watching – the fluctuation, the fight for global power. And there's a hidden hand behind all of this that is leading the way for both of them, for both of them. Right. And that hidden hand is like the World Economic Forum. It, it is them utilizing the large financial institutions to implement their, their policy and regulations and reign down through in the backdrop while all this transitional power is making its move. And so we're at a very massive cusp in civilization right now. Yeah. And what I'm hoping... Get, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, when we get back from the commercial, I want to talk about the Kiev res, uh, Reservoir and Kiev itself and the proximity to Russia. It uh, doesn't make a lot of sense what we're doing. So anyway, we'll talk about that here in a minute. Cool. We'll be right back with more Dark Delight Show. Dark Delight on the WYSL stations. All right. Back in the show. Yes, sir. All right, Jim, talk to me. All right, so we were talking. You know, we're talking about the like. We're talking about the meetings, right? The when you're sitting over a board table and like, oh, you need to stay over there, and my army's over here, and just doing all this board meeting type stuff. But let's let's just go with geography for a second. That 
that, you know, where my house is next to your house or your county is next to my county. If you actually go into Ukraine and you zoom in right next to Kiev, you'll find the Kiev Reservoir. And the Kiev Reservoir is a big lake. And this lake is fed by Russia on two different tributaries. Now, I call it a lake. They call it a reservoir, whatever. You know, I have Cheney Reservoir west of Wichita. But anyway, the um, so you got Chernobyl, and you've got um, the Kiev Reservoir, and you've got Kiev. The distance there, I'm, I'm going to go with, it's a rock's throw from Russia's border. Mm-hmm. And the idea that we're all running around going... Oh, Russia is battling its way through Ukraine, trying to overcome the rear-de-deer-de-deer-de-deer. I'm telling you right now, guys, one guy in a thermite, you know, container could probably take out this reservoir, much less having the technology or the um, the rail gun that we know everybody has on Earth, they could go in, take out this this reservoir, flood Ukraine, it, Ukraine or not Kiev. Kiev would be wiped off the map in a minute, and then the war is over. I mean, if you're really trying to go in there and take over Ukraine, you could do this in a hot second. And I quote unquote am not a military strategic specialist who went to you know the war the war college up in uh, Leavenworth, Kansas. By the way, we train countries globally in Leavenworth, Kansas on war tactics. It's a college there; everybody goes to it. Uh, but I'm just looking at the map right here, and, and and I get all the global you know the geopolitical stuff, right? The politics of things. But if you're talking about if I'm going to take over a territory, if I'm going to paintball war, right, and I'm doing paintball wars with somebody, I'm not going to let this target go. I'm, this is my target of their weakness, right? If I only have to go this far to get to their base, I'm going to take that path. And maybe it is strategically stronger for them to protect that area, but I'm going to let you know a little – we're talking like a day's walk down the Kiev reserve, a reservoir – Boom, the reservoir is gone. Kiev is gone. It's not like they have to travel from Florida to Kansas to get to the middle of America to get to our Washington, D.C. It's like their Washington, D.C. is like ours. On the, it's on the river. It's on the, it's on the edge of our territory. So when people are talking about, oh, Russia's really struggling against Ukraine. No, they're not. No, they're not. They are playing with them like a mouse and a cat. This cat is batting around that little mouse, just waiting for the mouse to get tired, and whoop, then the struggle is over. But they're having fun in the same time. So I don't, I don't know if that derailed the conversation much, but I really want people to get this, that the whole thing, strategically, there is a minute worth of territory between where Russia is and Kiev. Hmm. Well, yeah. we're going to see some fireworks at some point, I'm telling you that. Good. Why not? Let's just do this. <laughs> I get so tired of tired of talking about. I mean, guys, and then the the politics of things just drag things out when it's really not necessary. Hey, did you hear that uh, Biden's going to go ahead and uh, put up some seventeen miles of wall right through some nature preserves and Indian um, burial sites? That's no, that happened today. Yeah, oh, that's that's, that's going out today. Um, they're going to do uh, 17 miles uh, of new border fence, and they're going to uh, instead of going around these areas, which they were told that they would, uh, they're in such a hurry to hurry and get this 17 miles up that they're going to forgo uh, legislation, laws, 
rulings, tradition, <laughs> everything, and they're just going to stab this fence right through the middle of it. And they're going to use regular funding, not military funding. So that shows that they're, you know, they're they're virtue signaling here. But they're going to go ahead and just stomp on, you know, Indians and and stuff. Like, don't worry about that. That's how. But that's how they do it. See, we were doing it with the strategic knife and going through and make sure that we're we're protecting and and honoring everybody as we go along. No, uh, the the potato in chief is just going to go and stab it right through there because that's the most important part. And Merrick Garland is actually, or whatever that who's the guy the Myricus. That, yeah, he's my he's, orcus, he's yeah, that's THS. My orcus is THS. Yeah, he's all of a sudden on board with that. He's he's signed off on that this morning. We're we're gonna get that done. So well, yeah. So now they're doing something about the border wall, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, it's fine. But just in this one section, not all of it. Biden just, just, Biden is building a wall, people. Biden is building a wall because you know we need a wall. But for the first two years, we, we didn't need a wall, and millions upon millions of illegal immigrants, eighteen to forty-five year old men from all different types of foreign countries, including China, flowed into our country and into liberal cities and safe havens. Mm-hmm. But now, but now, oh wait, wait oh, there's more. Wait a minute. You know, this this seems to be a problem here. Um, Just Walmart in this one area, and, though. Walmart and Starbucks are all closing down in these liberal cities because crime is increasing. Um, the, you know what it was? It was that these liberal cities are becoming too strapped be, because of the purchase amount of what it's yeah. costing to house these illegal immigrants. And that's what it is. I mean, the Army-Navy game hotel reservations have been canceled. Wow. In Massachusetts, did you hear about this? Because of an influx of illegal immigrants in the Boston. Come on. Come on. Uh, well, you saw Elon Musk went down to the border, what, last weekend? La- Friday okay. or Saturday? Yeah, he, he was doing a little live stream on his X. By the way, um, hey, uh, Elon, if you're going to live stream on X, know how to do it. Did you see him? He's like, is it going? Is it? Are we live? Are we? Are we live? I'm like, stop saying that. You spent forty four billion dollars on this thing. Stop saying are we live. Is it streaming? Like, what are you doing, dude? I, I mean, I like his candor. I, I get that he's human, yeah. right? But at the same time, when you are trying to demonstrate your live stream on the border, don't do that. You should have your ex. Uh, he should have the star uh, Starlink satellite connected to his phone showing that Starlink doesn't need internet and all this seamlessness, right? He really should have been like really commercializing that whole moment right there. But he's just, I don't know. I watched and I was like, I can't do this with you, buddy. You're not. <laughs> then he was doing the camera facing wrong. It was like he was 80 years old trying to FaceTime somebody for the first time. I'm like, what are you? Stop. Stop touching the phone. Stop changing things. <laughs> anyway. So, yeah, no, I think maybe him and some other people brought uh, evidence to that. But, again, this is all a, a dollar too late, a day late, and a dollar dollar short or whatever it is. This uh-huh. is absolutely ridiculous. It's virtue signaling. So where's all the where's all the dummies going to go out there and go, but but you said you would never build a wall to separate people from us. <laughs> where are those people at? Well, you, the, you know what I the love protest? is have you seen that video out there of the guy wearing the Biden uh, Harris twenty uh, twenty twenty shirt? And he's walking hmm. around the residential neighborhood and finding people who have the Biden Harris sign in their yards. 
Right. And he's asking them questions. He's like, hey, I'm just curious. How, how do you feel about the migrant policies of Joe Biden? Do you believe that we should take these illegal immigrants in? And they're like, oh, yeah, absolutely. We need to bring as many of them over here as possible. They all deserve the opportunity. And he goes, okay, hold on a second. And he walks over to his car. He opens the door and he brings out like four <laughs> migrants. He goes, okay, these, these four are yours. They're going to be staying with you. <laughs> And the guy's like, whoa, 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 hold on, hold on. Well, you said you, you have no problem taking them. Well, I didn't mean yeah. me. I, I don't have room for that. I, I don't have room for uh-huh. that. Uh-huh. You know? Yeah, my uh, five-bedroom doesn't have – roof doesn't have – yeah, come on, folks. I don't know. It's amazing how that works, isn't it? It's, uh, yeah. it's okay for, for thee but not for me. Why, do we, why can't we all just be honest? You know, why, is it, why is honesty the, like such a foreign like a practice? Can we not just simply be honest? Like, hey, we're screwing it up, man. This is not. I, I, I thought it would be a great idea, but we can go back. We can change our mind. Is that is that a thing? Can we not change our mind? Are we not allowed to say, hey, I screwed that up, and I need to backpedal and say, hey, uh, let's not do that. That didn't work. I thought it was going to be cool, but it's not cool because people have abused it. I mean, even Trump has said, you know, hey, I don't mind bringing immigrants in. I don't mind simplifying the process, but we do need to kind of vet these people and we know who they are. Why? Why is that? A, why is that so secretive? Like that's the issue, to bother and go ahead and let us go ahead and, and go through a process. But then everybody runs around like, oh, we we can't be wrong. We can't be wrong. We just need to keep it going, and then we'll figure it out once they get here. No, you don't figure out how to survive a flood when the flood is there. You work that out prior to that. You work out how you're gonna you know get out of the way or get a boat or float your way wherever. But you don't wait till the floodwaters are neck deep. That doesn't make any sense. Oh, maybe I should learn how to swim now. Maybe you should. Hmm. You think? But that's that. That's not. They're not even willing to admit that. That's that. That's the sad part of this. We can't admit that we have screwed this up. And I say we. I'm just trying to think in their in their court. You know, this is the. You know, how do I how do I keep how do I keep um, how do I keep my personal identity while telling the world that I screwed up. I don't know. Yeah, well, that's about all I got on that one. It's that's just it? dumb. That's all, huh? It's dumb. That's hey, dumb. It's just stupidity you... in motion. Oh, oh, we're at a break already. Wow. All right. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Well, we'll be right back with more Dark Delight show. <laughs> See you guys in a minute. Dark Delight on the WYSL stations. All right. Welcome back to the Dark Delight show. Jim, yeah. you know, yesterday sure. they had the emergency broadcast service uh, yeah. do their test, and uh, thankfully... Thankfully, none of us are zombies. Well, that we know. That we don't know because we could be zombies and because we're all zombies, we don't know the Brains. difference. Right? <laughs> oh. uh, no, there it is. Yeah. Time to time to run, boys. That was uh yeah, that was uh, emergency. That was an old emergency, wasn't it? That was the uh, the old TV show. TV show Emergency. I used to have one of those little red fire trucks for my Hot Wheel collection. Um, no, here's the thing, though. Did you notice that all of them went out at different times? So different devices, different, um, what do you call it, like services? So Verizon and AT&T and the cable and all that, they, they didn't all go out at once. Oh. So there was a, a lack of synchronicity. So well, you know why, that. though, right? What's that? Because that would overwhelm the 5G antennas. It's exactly what oh. I was saying about the other day. Right. Is that's why you had to do it the way that you, they did it because you had to partition it uh, amongst various different people. Yeah, so staging in. 
Yeah, you can't blow it out to everybody all at the same time. <laughs> Gotta turn up the speakers, man. Blow it out. Let's do it. Yoo-hoo! Let's do the end of days. Yeah, it's fun. Uh, though that's I just uh, yeah. I, well, again, we, we talked about prepare yourself. You know how you react. This is a test of how you act and what you do and who you are. Mostly, I, I think that's you know like the COVID thing. Are you willing to lock yourself down? Well, and, and you know, there's a lot of controversy over that. And we talked about it a little bit, but like I said, mm-hmm. nothing, nothing was going to happen. It's not going to activate any viruses inside you. But I don't know if we get a Marburg's outbreak here in the next few days. I'm going to be very skeptical. Um, now, kind of transitioning to the House of Representatives, Kevin McCarthy was elected as Speaker of the House back in January. Nancy yeah. Pelosi is the former Speaker of the House. There is an office in Congress called the Speaker's Hideaway. This is the Speaker of the House's office, the Speaker's Hideaway. This is the one that was occupied by Jay Sixers when they apparently stole her laptop and such. Uh, It was a horrible day. Oh, sorry. Kevin McCarthy never Uh kicked Nancy Pelosi out of that office. Oh, he's a nice guy. Kevin McCarthy let Nancy Pelosi keep the Speaker's Hideaway. But hmm. once Kevin McCarthy was out, the new speaker pro tempore, Patrick McHenry, a Republican North Carolina, immediately went in there and kicked Nancy Pelosi out of the office. <laughs> yeah, I know. I like that. That was good stuff. Yeah, now, what yeah. are your thoughts? Do you think Donald Trump is going to become Speaker of the House? Why not? Why not? I mean, seriously. I mean, it, to me, I, I say, I say, why not? Um, the the sad part of it is, is that would actually, we would like that, and I don't, I just don't see them actually giving us that opportunity. I hate to say it. I think it's, I think I it's going to be pushed. I think it's absolutely going to be pushed. I think he's going to get a majority of the votes. It's going to go back and forth, and I don't know what's going to happen, but it's potential. Um, and I think wow. that it's, it's not only is it potential. But I think that the Democrats could even be involved in this somehow. Oh yeah, I could see that. Why not? Why wouldn't they be? Why wouldn't they be involved? They they're the ones that voted out. They're the ones that voted out McCarthy. The Democrats voted out McCarthy, not the Republicans. You know, there may have been Republicans involved in the idea of it, but the Democrats voted him out. So why are we showing this as a victory for Republicans? I mean, I get it that's a victory because he didn't do what he was supposed to do. We should, we should be able to hold ourselves accountable to that. But the sad part of it is you had to, you had to bind with the enemy to make that happen. Mm-hmm. So what happened there? Yeah. Yep. So uh, some brand new news hot off of the shelf here. A U.S. F-16 fighter jet reportedly just shot down a Turkish drone. That was operating near American troops in Syria. The United States um, had made several calls to Turkey to warn them that they were operating near U.S. troops with no resolve. Now, there's a few different problems with this. Okay. Okay. Number one is Turkey has permission from Syria to be in Syrian airspace. Okay. Okay. The United States does not have permission to be in Syria. What? There's no war declared. Why are we in Syria? Why are we occupying Syria? Why do we have U.S. troops in Syria? Hmm. Congress has Hmm. made no declaration of that. Uh, 
So the U.S. So think about this: like China goes into Canada, right? Right. And Canada's like China. We don't want you here. But China's like, shut up, Canada. And the U.S. <laughs> flies a drone over Canada, and China shoots it down and says, "We warned you that we were here. What are you doing?" Uh huh. Does that make any sense? Now it's time for war. Now it's time for war. And Turkey has been a incredible critic of Joe Biden. Um, Erdogan loves Donald Trump. He's good friends with Vladimir Putin. Uh, they are a NATO member who has stifled uh, Sweden and Finland from joining into NATO. Uh, they also do not want Ukraine to join the NATO. But they also have came out recently. Um, it was interesting. They came out and discussed joining the BRICS nations. I don't know if you heard this. That mm-hmm. uh, Turkey wanted to join BRICS. And the day after the announcement, there was an 8.1 earthquake in Turkey. And the U.S. is the one that led the, the round of support to Turkey. And then some new F-16s were given to Turkey. And all of a sudden, Turkey was all on board for Finland and not joining BRICS. But I think that they might reconsider now after all of this. Hmm. Geopolitical crap is what I'm hearing. I mean, God, we just we can't leave each other alone. Do we? Okay, let me ask you a question, Josh. I mean, is this the is this what's taught in the wartime college in in, in uh, Leavenworth, Kansas? That I maybe I didn't get is that we have to be at constant war. We have to go be picking a fight across this globe, putting our putting ourselves in positions we shouldn't be in. Or are they just? Is this all money laundering? Well, this is this is Russia's biggest complaint. Right. Uh, that that U.S. homogeny, U.S. power structures are going into foreign countries who don't want them there, claiming that they're, you know, terrorists that are hurting their people, mm-hmm. and then annihilating their cities, and then the United States goes in there to position themselves to rebuild. I mean, like... People, people right now are thinking, like, well, Syria, didn't they, like, use chemical weapons against their own people? You mean the videos of the chemical weapons attacks in Syria where the, the people were in body bags and one of the dudes in a body bag was laying on the ground smoking a cigarette? Oops. Oops. You just got to have that extra cigarette, man. You just one yeah. one last puff before you go. <laughs> As in they're, they're called crisis actors that weren't even in Syria? That it was uh, not real that the U.S. military made it up in the psychological warfare campaign because they don't like Assad because Assad um, aligns himself with Iran. And what happens is is that Iran has basically moved their uh, nuclear development, their nuclear mm-hmm. missile development, to northern Syria. And right. so the United States goes into southern Syria – and utilizes that as a staging ground to launch attacks on basically proxy Iran. But the other part is is that Israel just doesn't like any of them because they have power in that region, and Israel wants all the power. Ah, that's nice. And, and, you know, I've said this before, but you know Israel doesn't like us. They don't? Why would they not like us? We're great. Oh, no, they don't. (laughs) I think that it's one of the biggest, I think it's one of the greatest deceptions in the world today is that of Israel. And I know there's many Christians out there right now like, how dare you? Uh, Well, they don't like you either. (laughs) Yeah. They don't believe in Jesus. Uh And they think that that, that you do, that that makes you inferior to them. Just an FYI. I don't know if you guys looked at that. Well, 
You know, but we get up there and we do the anti-Semitic conversations, don't we? I mean, we say that, you know, we have to defend Israel, but who, why, are, who, why are we defending them? Are, are we defending them because they are the intelligence apparatus? Aren't they the best at intelligence, like, globally? Isn't that their big thing? Like, they're really good at cyber, you know, that kind of thing? Mm-hmm. Is that Israel? Maybe I'm talking about the wrong country. Well, you there? listen. You're losing. Sorry. Uh, am I here? Are you there? Yeah, Jim, yeah. Jim Price, can you hear me? Jim, Jim, are you there? <laughs> Come. I can. I hear well, you. I don't. Sir. I don't see. It. I don't want to talk too much about this talk because I don't want the ADL coming after me. Um, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I get it. Sad part of it is, is that's the world we live in, where we we have to constantly go around and be that way to each other, right? Can't mm-hmm. just be. You can't just. Yeah, you know, we got, okay. Think about the stuff like when you got up this morning. You know. You were like, "Oh, I sure hope we wish that with that that battle in Ukraine would go the way because my grass isn't growing right in my front yard." I don't think that's how we we get up in the morning, no. you know. Like, "Oh, I sure hope I can take my next breath because China's, you know, going to duplicate more of my technology." But the problem is, is that we're not holding them accountable anyway because we turn it over to them every time we ask them for manufacturing. I know we hate that China that goes and steals our technology, but. We go to them for cheap labor, and so they steal our technology. But by the way, guys, they're not really good at it. I don't know what China's doing over there, but their their inability to innovate really shows what a dictatorial uh, state really does to a society, where it actually draws it back and pulls it back from, from well, hold forward on, hold momentum. On. China what? used to be one of the top innovative countries in the world. Paper came from China. Right. Okay. China's yeah. invented tons of things that have brought great benefit to humanity. But mm-hmm. you know what the problem is? Communism. There you go. A <laughs> dictator came in and said creativity. Yep. Because you can't tell the guy no. See, communism when you got one guy, nobody tells him no. Just like Kim Jong Un, they don't even he doesn't even have airplanes. That's how okay, that right there should show you what communism does to a country long term. They don't even have an air force, but they're over. They're gonna. Oh, we got nuclear weapons. You don't have a chase plane. What are you talking about? <laughs> you don't, the only reason you know where your missile went is because we told you. You guys don't know where your stuff is flying to. You're just like, uh, we're gonna do this, guys. Look at look at North Korea. You guys want to know what, a, what what communism really looks like? Nobody there is good. That's not a happy country. You know that's that's the problem is is that when you have freedoms and liberties, you do create. Uh, the breath of a human, the breath of freedom, and it allows for innovation and people to flourish. When you hold people down, you get North Korea, you get China, and you have to steal other people's stuff to be innovative. And that's that's a sucky way to live. You have to wait for someone else to be creative so you can borrow their creativity. Yeah, screw those guys. Yep. All right, so anyway, something so, I wanted yeah. to talk about, I'm going to go right back to the Russia thing. Breaking news, Russia has... Uh, has declared that they're going to deploy nuclear-powered missiles, and they threaten West with a response. Putin says Russia will deploy the nuclear-powered missiles soon. This comes after a successful test of the nuclear-powered and nuclear-capable cruise missiles with a potential range of many thousands of miles. Putin also declined to rule out the possibility it could carry out weapons tests involving nuclear explosions for the first time in more than three decades. Today, Putin warned the West of a response to the pressure and the willingness to end the war. There is a permanently increasing military and political 
political pressure from the West. We have to respond. I have said many times that it is not us who started the war in Ukraine. On the contrary, we are trying to end it. The West has lost a sense of reality. Ukrainian conflict is not about territories. This issue is about the global order. Zelensky warned Europe that if Ukraine loses, Russia will attack uh, other countries as well. Hmm. All right. And then yesterday, on the same day that we did our emergency broadcast system alert, Russia did their nuclear alert. So Russia was running the same type of exercises. And then Skylink, uh, uh, Elon Musk's thing, they did a a reboot yesterday at the exact same time as well. I don't know. What What was that? A lot of people were doing some rebooting, some catching up on some stuff. That's right. All right. We'll be right back with more Dark Delight Show right after this. Dark Delight on the WYSL stations. All right. Back to the Dark Delight Show. Yep. Jim Price. Yes, sir. What are your thoughts with Russia, Putin, and what's going on? Hey, if uh, Nancy Pelosi says he's a bad guy, uh, Uncle Pootie's my friend. So I'm going to go with that. I just don't see the long play on any of this. I think a lot of what we're doing is shiny object stuff to get ourselves caught up in it. But at the end of the day, I do see that even even some of the stuff that China is doing is aligning up with the idea that I don't believe that they want the establishment, the big world government effect, even in China. Because China doesn't want to – China doesn't want – China wants to rule the world, but they want to do it their way. They don't want to play along with the, the uh, globalists. So I see them as these rogue nations – but again, Uncle Pootie, he's been killing it for me. I uh, I saw him, you know, fall in line with get, look, look what he's doing for his people. He's getting rid of GMOs. He's getting rid of all these different chemicals that America allows from aspartame to all this other stuff. He's he's made all this stuff illegal in his country, so he doesn't poison his own people. The stuff that you and I talk about on our show, that I talk about on this show, that I talk about, you know, every time I can about health and all the stuff we're doing. He's actually ensuring that his people are actually not able to access the chemicals and the glyphosates that we have to. So I don't know. I, you gotta you gotta kind of convince me that he is the evil doer that Nancy thinks he is. But she keeps telling me she's trying to save democracy, which tells me she's on the wrong side of history as well. Hmm. hmm. Yep. I, I you know I think one of the biggest psychological warfare operations that ever took place on this planet was the Cold War. Yeah. I, I, or I victims truly do. of it. I think that if you have disgust and hatred right now in your system to Russia, that simply came about because of the psychological warfare that occurred during the Cold War. Programming. You are programmed. It's predictive programming. And the reason I say that is because those Soviets, those Soviets, they're bad. Yeah, you know what? Communism can be incredibly horrible. Mm-hmm. Right, but but yeah. why is that? And, and look, well, no, I, I'm not a communist. I'm not a socialist. But I want people <laughs> to understand that the West waged economic warfare on Russia during that time, right? But they didn't do it to China. Now China went in there and killed hundreds of millions of people. Yeah, but then got economic support from the West and rose up to a global superpower. When Russia collapsed, two communist countries, one with Western support, one being waged economic warfare by the West. Right. And so when we start to look at it, was Russia really the bad guy or did we just need a new boogeyman 
to fuel and fund the military-industrial complex after World War II. Bingo. Was this just a racket? And the psychological warfare was meant to keep you scared and afraid to keep those tax dollars being pumped in. Kill a commie for mommy. Remember that? That's right. That was... We used to say that as kids. That was a chant we did it on on the playground. I mean, back. I mean, when I was a kid in the seventies and eighties. I mean, that's what the whole idea. Remember, we with the Russians. We still had the Berlin Wall. We were still living in that whole thing, right? Mm-hmm. Come on. And then we were played into it. It was the programming. Sad, sad, sad day we live in. I, when you have to admit you're wrong, guys, that's where you start the healing process. Oy. well. I just yeah. wanted to put that out there because the same type of rhetoric is going on now. The Russian people are not bad. Putin might have done some bad things to retain power, to stay in Look power. Look what we've done. Look what we've done. We're bad. We're bad but, people. But that's what I was about to say is look what we've done. <laughs> I mean, we're quite literally in a foreign country called Syria right now with no congressional support, funding, or approval. We're just there. We're operating our aircraft over. A NATO nation is flying a drone over there. We yell out to them and say, hey, we're over here. The NATO nation, by the way, has permission to be in that airspace. And we shoot it down. That is the pompousness, the arrogance of the United States diplomacy. We go into countries, we overthrow their rulers... We overthrow their elected officials. We wage color revolutions. Uh, the, the state of Georgia, did you, the, not the United States, but the country yeah. of Georgia. Uh, right. they, they just arrested a group that was funded by, called Canvas, that was funded by USAID. Oops. Okay, which is nothing more than a, a branch of the CIA. Mm-hmm. Because they were operating a color revolution in the state of, in the country of Georgia. Yeah. And Georgia yes. came out and they and they went to the United States of America and said, "Hey, what are you doing?" They said, "Yeah, we funded them. What are you going to do about it?" <laughs> oh, like, wow! Like they were trying to overthrow their country. Yeah, like th- this is what the United States does to keep supremacy, homogeny, globally. Is they go yeah. out there and they become a bully on the playground to all of these third world countries who they help get into the United Nations. Because it wins their vote. And then they pay them off with bribes. And that's your taxpayer dollars being sent to these leaders that's going over there to provide rice and water for these people because they're starving. But these people are continuously starving even though they're getting billions upon billions upon billions of dollars a year. How How can these people be starving? Well, you know, you know, like in Ukraine, we're we're paying four thousand dollar a month salaries. Right. For Ukrainians who have been displaced. Because of hmm. the war effort. Nice. Now, how many of those names are just made up like the ballots of 2020? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Guys, this, this is all a racket. <sighs> this is nothing more than a, a, an embezzlement campaign from the mm-hmm. U.S. government. From the, and I don't mean the Constitution in our country. It's not, we're not talking about America. We're talking about the bureaucracy. We're talking about the deep state. We're talking yeah. about the corrupt politicians and the corrupt military that are out there waging war on nations simply because they can and they want more power. Yep. We used to represent something as Americans. We used to be the ones that would go and stand up on the playground and punch the bully in the nose. 
We used to be the ones that stood up for the little guy. Mm-hmm. That would back down the big guy when he flexed his muscles. We right. used to be the ones that stood for peace and freedom and justice around the world. But now we become the bully. Now we become the bad guy that everybody hates. And I don't yep. like that. And I don't want to be that country anymore. And I think it's time that we start expressing who Americans truly and really are. And it starts right here, right now. It starts by taking over our local communities. It starts by taking back our local politics. It starts by taking back your county. Because there's going to come a day, there's going to be a reckoning. These people are going to get what's coming to them. I guarantee you that God will not have mercy on them. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that day, that day, that day is coming. So, so, so. Well, and that's that's our problem, right? And that's us. We have to be the ones that say, you know what, guys? That's why they've. This is the dog off the leash, because we didn't hold them accountable. We didn't stand in post. We weren't the sentinels of our freedom. These people. This is what happens when things go unchecked. That's why we have to check our government constantly. They are our public servants. And again, until I hear people, you know, demanding that Jim Price understand what a public servant is, I have not said this enough. What is a public servant and the people that have been held unaccountable? Well, they're unaccountable and because we are not holding them accountable. They don't have to be like, oh, there's a two-tier justice system. Why? Because we allow it. We allow it. Just like that whole judge that's doing the Trump case and the civil matter. that He sits there and laughs and giggles and tells Trump that what to do. He has a God complex, and that guy's got a real credibility issue all the way down the line. So the sad part of this is, is that we have to stand up. And when you stand up and you say no often, we talk about this again, when the government, dogs, and children need to be told no often because it makes them better. I, so I said that in Oregon last week, and I got the cheer. They were all happy about Yeah, that's right. Tell them no. Woo! They were motivated because they understand in Oregon what, what this tyranny really looks like, and they're living it. Mm-hmm. So be the difference, people. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us today. You guys have a yeah. great day. I believe we have... uh, Jim will be with you tomorrow. I'll be on the road. Yep. But I'll see you guys again Monday. Take care. I'll see you guys.